Welcome to The Changemakers by Food Niche, a podcast that stories and insights of visionaries tackling some of the biggest challenges facing our food system. On this podcast, you will find interviews with innovators, scientists, advocates, policymakers, educators, and many more, all united by a common objective. Get ready to be informed, inspired, and challenged. Now join the show host, Dr. Julia Oleandro. On this particular episode, I have a very special guest whose personal journey with health challenges led him to start a company which is focused on empowering people to improve their health by making intelligent food choices. You may have heard about precision medicine and wonder what it's all about. You may have heard about people leveraging information gathered from microbiome analysis along with the genomic data to make dietary recommendations that can improve your health. You may have heard th- about this and wonder what it's all about, really. Then sit tight and listen in because today we'll be diving in and discussing this in great detail because our guest is one of those innovators that's making this happen. Dear listeners, it is my pleasure to introduce to you a very special guest. Ranjan Sinha is the CEO and founder of Digby Health. Welcome, Ranjan. I'm looking forward to our conversation together today. Uh, I am delighted to be here, Julia, and, and looking forward to our conversation. Great. So we'll get started right away. We'll talk about you. So why did you decide to start this company? Why did you decide to do what you're doing? Tell us a bit about your story. Um, So Julia, my undergrad education is in material science. So a lot of people ask me this question. Why did you start a scientifically intense uh, healthcare business? Uh, And my interest in personalized health was really uh, a cause of necessity. Uh, about 20 years ago, I was just turning 40. I was diagnosed with three of my major arteries over 90% blocked. And I was shocked. I had ideal BMI, never smoked, followed the food guidelines I was told. Um, I swim, bike. And um, so obviously I, I wanted a few more opinions and I was again surprised. Uh, physician, there was no consensus among the physicians. Uh, for a cardiovascular surgeon, it was like, no, you need to get a triple bypass. There were intervention cardiologists that said, no, we can fix it by stenting. And there were lifestyle cardiologists who said, well, we can reverse it. Um, what was, again, surprising is none of them could tell me why it happened given I was following exactly the guidelines had none of their risk markers, um, but each one felt comfortable, confident that how to solve it. And that didn't ring well with me. And what that led to eventually is my own education discovery process and ended up for the next nine, 10 months, almost becoming a student of metabolic health, uh, digging through literature, thanks to a few professors from Stanford who MD scientists who I live like a quarter mile or less from Stanford, really helped me understand the evolution of lifestyle medicine in terms of, and that was another surprise to me. 
uh, if you look at chronic lifestyle care for lifestyle diseases, whether it's obesity, diabetes, and now it goes into what we call whisper illnesses, mental health, digestive health, skin health, they are very much based on averages. It's almost like, you know, what struck me is it's imagine if you were living in a world where there was one shoe size, eight and a half. And, you know, if you fit in it, it's great. If not, you, you would, if you don't fit in it, you give it up, then the blame goes to you. Well, you just need to try harder to fit into that shoe. Make the long story short, uh, I became very interested in personalized health. Uh, eventually for 10, 12 years after that, I was running a global business, uh, but I started uh, curating the science, working with some professors, uh, funding some professors and built a vast curated data set of genetics, microbiome, food, microbiome started around 2009, uh, metabolic health, working with the doctors, took multiple decisions on my own life. Uh, in terms of medication that worked along with my genetic variations, certain food decisions that didn't follow what was the public guideline. Um, and uh, eventually that passion for personalized health is now really a purpose that is now Digby Health. That's really great. So. Um... Your journey started with a, a personal story and a, a personal experience. So one of the key things that I noticed there is how your lifestyle was really aligned with what we'll say, what most medical or healthcare professionals will call the ideal lifestyle for healthy living, but you still have those medical challenges. So at what point um, or at what point did you decide that, okay, I'm going to take this message out there. This is not just something for me alone. It, it took, you know, it was, this all started in, uh, you know, uh, uh, around 2004, five, when 23andMe came to market, it, it clearly made access to this kind of data uh, more uh, available to uh, the broader population, triggered a whole slew of science research and a lot of the initial foundation of the business that started in 2018 um, was based on that vast amount of curated science. So uh, I never, this passion wasn't ever, it was about to keep myself healthy. And I had made a promise to myself and I had I was discovered with this life-threatening illness that I will at least make sure I live until my kids graduate college. And the good part is all the four of them are college and successfully employed. But it became a purpose only after I sold my last business in 2015. It took me another three years to understand digital technology, where it is, digital therapeutics, digital care, trying to understand the business model. It's one thing to have a passion. The other is if you want to convert it into a business that is uh, going to uh, be able to scale and create value for individuals and, uh, and investors. So it took about three years of diligencing the business, the opportunity, the gap. Um, so that purpose really became clear around early 2018. So we'll move on to talk about Digi uh, Health. So the concept of precision care, especially, 
what exactly do you do? How, how do you help people directly, just in simple terms? So in, in very simple terms, if you look at um, many of these lifestyle illnesses, uh, even very fundamentally, people realize that there's something different about my biology. You know, some people eat one thing, they lose weight. Some people eat the other thing, their diabetes reverses. Two people doing the same thing has different outputs, right? People instinctively know that. But when you take another layer of this, these disease risks, lifestyle disease risks vary significantly by ethnicity and gender. Women have far more digestive disorders, Caucasian women higher than other ethnicity. Uh, African-Americans have, or pe people of African heritage, especially in the US, very high risk of hypertension, uh, breast cancer. Uh, in fact, we are currently doing some work with um, NIH on um, um, breast cancer, prostate cancer risk in African-Americans. Um, if you look at somebody like me, South Asian Indian, I could have all, you know, I have a 4X higher cardiovascular risk. Uh, uh, people with Hispanic heritage have higher diabetes risk because the underpinnings are in the genetics and the microbiome, but more importantly, how that genetic advantage, disadvantage or the microbiome is interacting with your lifestyle choice because that's a very important variable. And that is one of our part of our vision is what, when we look at the genetics, we look at your microbiome, we look at the clinical markers, we even want to look at your lifestyle. So, and we want to meet the patient where their life is. So if your access point to a lunch is a McDonald's or Chipotle or Denny's, we will work with you of how you can continue eating your lunch at McDonald's, but make small changes that can have a maximum impact. And that's the word, you know, the name of the company, Digby, comes from digestible bites. So the way we help people is we just don't give them broad guidelines. Eat less, exercise more, sleep more, put more greens. We look at, we ship them a genetic test kit at home. We ship them a gut microbiome test kit at home. Uh, we give them a digital app or a web app. And while we are analyzing their genes, which is primarily through saliva. They spit a little bit of saliva in your tube. And their gut microbiome is through uh, taking a little swab of the toilet paper. And while we analyze uh, what kind of, do they have any genes that are causing any inflammatory food responses? Are they lactose intolerant? Are they caffeine intolerant? Are what kind of body, how does their body respond to alcohol? How does their body respond to milk protein, egg protein? And so we, how, how would they respond to reduction of salt to hypertension? The medical community knows that. Everybody doesn't respond the same way. Um, so we bring this picture of their unique biology. We look at the microbiome. And today we know that the microbiome uh, is a very essential partner in our health. Uh, we look at the level of probiotics that is available in your gut. Um, but we take it a step beyond. We don't only look at what is what good bacteria you have in your gut, but we try to understand what is the group of bacteria, the collective guild of bacteria, they work as a, as a guild, 
what kind of metabolic functions are they supporting or not supporting? So 90% of the serotonin is produced in the gut. So we want to know, do you have the right gut microbiome that is helping produce enough level of serotonin? So the idea is we combine all this, we then look at your food source and then start guiding you of what little changes you add or subtract from your food uh, to get you to the right health point that you want, whether you want to lose weight, reverse diabetes, or uh, lower the risk. Most people who come in our cohort are dealing with more than one illness. They are definitely in a polychronic state. They may be dealing with GERD and diabetes. They may be dealing with high cholesterol and mental health and anxiety. Um, and that's the other reason that most of the, we want payers and employers, the insurance payers and the employers to cover the program because there is a cost associated with it for shipping the DNA kit, microbiome kit. And we have been fortunate that Blue Shield of California today offers, uh, this is the, we are the first genetic microbiome based chronic uh, illness platform that is a fully covered benefit to 4 million plus members of Blue Shield of California who are dealing maybe with one or a polychronic state of these illnesses. Really great. That's really great. You know, that was one of the questions I had in mind because thinking about all that um, goes into something like this, definitely there'll be a cost to it uh, for um, people. And do they need a doctor's prescription for something like this? Or no, no? They, don't. They, don't, they don't need a doctor prescription. They, they would have to pretty much fall in the criteria of having either they want to lose weight or lose weight and something more, uh, maybe diabetes, maybe mental health, maybe digestive health, or they are just dealing with inflammatory digestive health conditions, IBS, GERD, uh, there are folks who are dealing with inflammatory skin condition. We know that chronic acne and others, most people know is somehow related to my stress in food. They just don't know which food and why the stress. Uh, so we get to the root cause of the illness. That's the power of our platform. We don't just leave it at broad. We, because we have so much information about the person, we get to the root cause. And, and the other part, uh, because we are, because it's covered by a pair employer, we are covering a vast socioeconomic strata. We have people whose household incomes are $30,000 uh, and they are not shopping at Whole Foods. While we have people whose household incomes are $300,000 and they are shopping at Whole Foods. But the, through our software and our machine learning platform, we can support both of them. And, and that's what makes the platform unique and, and uh, powerful. This is really interesting. And you know, to also uh, think that you are collecting genomic information, you're understanding the different variations that exist in people's genome. Uh, that's really a very powerful uh, thing because a lot of times people will tell you that, oh, by the way, I read that this food is so good, it's powerful, it has this healing attribute, but I've had it for so many years, nothing happened. And a lot of times what people don't realize is how different we all are and how different genes, different mutations that exist in our body affect the way we respond to uh, different um, food or intake that we have. So it's so interesting that you, you do collect that information and it appears that 
your team analyzes each of this information to customize the kits that you're providing for people. And um, also it's apparent to me that there's something I saw on your app that you do make new recommendations and you also have coaches that um, people work with. Do you mind sharing some light on, on that as well? So um, there's a fair amount of information that is available through the app, whether it is, you know, you can watch videos at your own pace, learn about how the program will work, learn about genetics, learn about microbiome, and very simple, easy to understand uh, language. Various times there are doctors and scientists who have recorded that, but a very simple cartoon manner to understand. Um, the software does have the ability to create your own meal plan based on your genetics and microbiome. So it will automatically, you want salad, it'll tell you what are salads available that works for you. You want to say, give me food from McDonald's that will work for me. It'll tell you what foods from McDonald's you can buy and what small changes you can make to the meal. The coaches are really do two kinds of function. The coach primarily focuses on keeping you motivated, keeping you engaged. Uh, you know, life happens to people. People start on the program and their kids, their children fall sick. People start on the program, their travel intensity increases. So its idea is to keep them excited and motivated through in the program sometimes. So that's the primary role of a coach and truly understanding the subtleties of the person. Uh, as far as what we call consult part, which is providing information, uh, that is more and more getting automated. So to try to figure out, to create a meal plan, you don't really need a coach. The software can create a meal plan if you want. But what the coach is able to do is, if you find a particular product in the supermarket, uh, you may want to know, is this good or bad for me? You can take a photo of it, upload it through the app. The coach will then connect with the science team and they can come back to you and say, no, this thing works or doesn't work. Um, other times you may have hit a weight plateau. You lost some weight, now you're not losing more. Um, you may want to get into a consult with a coach. Uh, so those are the things, the kind of things coach does, but you, you don't necessarily need to be 24 by seven connected with the coach. Uh, and you can uh, set up your phone, phone call through the app. You can chat with the coach through the app. You can take a food photo, upload it, and the coach typically in the 30 minutes will get back to you. Um, it's very structured. Uh, you get points for the coach, for, sorry, points for the food based on insulin response of the food, based on the inflammatory response of the food, and based on the fiber diversity of the food because you have to feed your microbiome. Uh, so we have mapped all kinds of food to different kinds of fibers that the microbiome needs to be fed on. It's really, really interesting. You know, and a lot of um, takeaway from this um, conversation, really, because for people that are trying to lose weight on their own as well, it, it, it makes it very clear that accountability is very, very important because um, life happens, things change, and having someone to check on you to um, help you when you're down is, is very, very crucial. You know, I was just curious to know, you've collected a lot of data and the fact that you're working with um, big insurance companies um, definitely 
that exposes your company to more people and you have a larger or a large database. And I was just wondering if there are studies or if um, you do collect maybe like informed consent for future studies so that um, we can learn from this because I believe it would make a very good um, a very good database for scientific research. Is that something you're looking at at any point in time, or is it something um, going on? Absolutely, and and you know, one of the points you brought up, Julia, is interesting accountability. Um, and one of the things we consciously do is we ask when we take the person, is there someone? Either it could be their spouse, their partner, their friend, uh, maybe somebody else that they believe can support them through that journey. Yeah. And if they do, we bring them into the community. Uh, and, and sometimes it is just the coach. So it doesn't. So uh, as, as far as the data we are collecting uh, from the individual, whether it is coming because a doctor recommended it or it's coming through um, their employer or pair, uh, the data belongs to the individual. So we don't share it uh, with, with anyone else. And they have complete right and authority on the data on how they want to be used or if they want it to be purged. We do ask them if uh, they would be willing to sign an IRB, if that data can be used uh, for research and publication and up till now, the good news is 98% of the people sign the IRB. Okay. So now the idea is how we can help further uh, help uh, humanity in terms of creating more precise therapeutics or diagnostic. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, to, towards that, uh, we, we are already uh, both, uh, we are developing very novel diagnostics and novel th therapeutics. Uh, many of them we have already published in peer-reviewed journals, um, medical journals, bioinformatics journals, but I'll, I'll share a couple of interesting things that uh, we discovered. If you look at digestive health today, especially IBS, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, most people, abdominal pain, chronic constipation, diarrhea, and they will end up going to their doctor, primary care physician or emergency. And typically they would be redirected to a gastroenterologist. And that journey typically would entail doing an endoscopy, colonoscopy, barium milk, whatever it is. And at the end of it, there's less than a 10% chance that you have either ulcerative colitis or Crohn's. These from population health data, you have very low probability that you have that. And then you are basically handed over two sheets of paper to figure it out. You know, what kind of, whether you call it elimination diet, FODMAP diet, whatever you call it. And so you imagine now, uh, there's a huge cost associated to that. You have $30,000, $40,000 risk of anesthesia. We have been able to discover unique signatures of genetics and microbiome that we can, with a, and your food photos. So when we combine all the three, we can, with a very high probability, say whether you have IBS or not. And if that is the case, 
then in about four to six weeks with the changes we'll recommend to your food and lifestyle, um, you will start seeing a serious remission or reversal of the symptoms. So that's really the power of a platform like this for these many lifestyle syndromic nature diseases. It's very hard to pinpoint, especially if you leave it at the averages. So we are able to drill down and literally flip how you take care of IBS on its head. It's not that you spend after $30,000, $40,000 and risk of anesthesia to say, you don't have ulcerative colitis or Crohn's, but you're able to first say, well, let's see if you have IBS. Looks like you may have it. And if you have it, then the food recommendations will give, you should see a remission of symptoms. If you don't, then perhaps you should then deep dive and get to a more uh, intensive evaluation of your digestive health. Mm. Okay. This is, this is quite um, interesting. I know the, another part of this is that I'm thinking more in terms of the future now that when it comes to prevention, when people take care of themselves early on and they're empowered to be on top of their game when it comes to health, it helps prevent something, um, something more devastating in the future as well. Especially people that even predisposed to some things because they start out early taking care of themselves, they can either delay or even prevent altogether something um, in more, um, in, that would be more, a disease that would be more impactful. So one question I, I want to ask is about supplement. I'm, I'm guessing that you provide supplements as well to people or you don't? We don't provide okay. supplements. We have just started providing targeted personalized prebiotics. Okay. Uh, for people with a unique signature of microbiome and genetics, and if they are suffering from chronic constipation or chronic diarrhea, because we have discovered and filed patents of unique signature of microbiome and your genetics, where we can see you have a higher risk of chronic constipation and we realized just, just through simple food modification, uh, we may not be able to deliver the amount of prebiotics we need. So there is a supplementation to it, um, but we don't provide general prebiotics or vitamins or personalized vitamins because our core philosophy still is food is medicine. So we want to direct you to the kinds of meat or vegetables or uh, eggs or milk or other things that are rich in these vitamins um, that will allow you to compensate if you have a genetic uh, disadvantage for metabolism of a mineral or a vitamin. Right. And, and, and I'm guessing some people, one thing I've noticed generally is that people's, uh, people's body change over time. So for instance, there's some things that people have tolerance to at a young age, but when mm -hmm. they're older, because their bodies start producing some essential um, uh, enzymes, to, enzymes yeah. to break down those food types, they develop an intolerance for those food types. So it's really crucial that as you grow older, as we all grow older, that's something that everybody's bound to, to experience, whether you like that word or not. But as we all grow older, there's a need to adjust what we eat 
to, to boost our health or to maintain good health as well. So uh, it's very interesting to see how, uh, how you've innovated in this space to customize more like food recommendations for people. And one thing that I'm curious to know, because you have such huge data that I feel like you have a wealth of information at your fingertips. And having dealt with so many people over the past few years, what is something remarkable that you've learned, like a consistent trend that you've seen across the board that we can learn from? Oh, very, very good question. Uh, there, there are two things that come to mind. The one that is probably very prevalent is knowing are you a slow or a fast metabolizer of caffeine? And it, we have seen time and time again, people go, I'm struggling to sleep. Oh, but I'm only having two cups of coffee. Um, once we know that they are a slow metabolizer of caffeine, just letting them know that, you know, that second cup of coffee you have at three or four in the afternoon is probably not a good thing. And if they say, well, I'm not having coffee at all, I just have, I'm not, I'm not having coffee, but they may be biting into the power bar at four in the afternoon, which is nothing but caffeine and sugar. So making that small change with that empowered information makes all the difference where they are no longer staying up late till 10, 11, 12, snacking late at night, putting on weight, then struggling with all the downside risk of you know, gaining on weight. So that's, you know, really is, is one of the areas. The other is there is this general belief that monounsaturated fat is good for you, olive oil, almonds. There are multiple genetic studies now that point, especially if you are of South Asian descent like me, or if you are of African descent, we have gene variants where monounsaturated fat is not is, is highly inflammatory. Not because the oil itself maybe, but the how our met metabolic pathways differ. And just that simple change, we have you know, at least multiple videos on our website where people of either South Asian heritage or African heritage dealing with hypertension, these small changes, removing olive oil, removing, you know, just snacking on almonds fundamentally starts making the difference. So those two things, which eventually I think will become more and more, will seep into public health. Um, the other one is very common is, we know through SNP markers, you would know how uh, aggressive would statin be in terms of causing muscle pain or even muscle damage. It varies from people to people. Statin is so commonly prescribed these days, but having that data again makes people more uh, intelligent and informed about their bodies, have a conversation with their doctor. Uh, so those are at least three things that uh, I see more and more people getting surprised and with talking to their doctor, working through the food, seeing the dramatic shift in their health that they have been trying for 10, 15 years and there was no, nothing happened. Thank you so much for sharing that. And um, I also look forward to um, reading papers about your studies and your research, um, research using 
um, data that you've gathered over the years as well. It would be really interesting for us to learn. Now, thinking about um, prevention, just shifting just a bit to prevention now. So uh, um, there are many food types that have been studied over the years that we know that they have remarkable health benefits. Actually, there was a paper I was reading today and they were um, talking about some specific cruciferous vegetables. And they said, this um, particular one has been used for more than, has been used to treat more than 300 diseases. And I sat down and I said, what? This is a lot. Um, I couldn't verify all the sources because I was trying to dig to primary literature to see what the, if, if that was true. But I do know that there's some that are even used in um, cancer treatments that, that are used in different um, therapies today. So I know that there's a level of validity to some of those statements. So one of my key questions, or one of the things I'm curious to learn, uh, which I believe we'll learn over the years, but I just want to get your take on it, is that where do we see prevention and, and preventative care when it comes to terminal diseases in particular, like cancer, where do we see going in the next few years? Especially with what we know about food today, where do we see the future? Where do we see precision care heading? So uh, the vegetables, plant, uh, plant source is really essential and critical. For, for us, for two reasons. Uh, and, and as you, you already know this, that there are many medications that have their roots in the chemicals that came from plants. So without doubt, those are essential. They may have unique uh, phytochemicals, uh, but more importantly, they, have, they are primarily source of fiber. Whatever fiber you're looking at, it's inulin, you're looking at resistant starch, those are essential because so much of our metabolic function is outsourced to the bacteria. So without a doubt now, whether one plant can solve 100 disease or 10 disease, I mean, that, that I'll leave it for others to figure out. But what we can tell you is looking at your microbiome and your genetics, what vegetables you probably should incorporate more of and what in vegetables you should incorporate less of. Uh, what nuts you should incorporate more of, what nuts probably you should avoid. Uh, so it's again, and it's, it's very targeted to the individual. From a preventive point, in fact, over the last uh, seven, eight months, a lot of our employer customers came to us and said, look, we have a, people are demanding, uh, they're not, they don't have a chronic illness, but they really want to take advantage of the program. So we have introduced a program called Digby Preventive. And this is really designed to empower people with information and knowledge about their own genetics, about their own microbiome, so that they can live strong and disease-free. Um, and uh, I am not a big fan of saying plant food is the answer or keto is the answer or Atkins is the answer. The truth lies for each individual. And we help people find that. Uh, and, uh, and, and the same algorithms that we are using to help you reverse a condition, we will continue enhancing that 
to tell you the risk of a disease if you don't act on it. Your, your genes are not your destiny. But if you don't apply the right lifestyle to your genetic advantage or disadvantage, the disease will become a destiny. Uh, so that is the, the part of prevention. The way we look at it is genes are not your destiny. We'll tell you what lifestyle choices you should make or avoid to make sure you live disease-free. Thank you for sharing that. And on a final note, as we wrap up, if there's someone listening today and they've not really thought much about food and health, they're just, well, food is something we eat to enjoy life and just keep ourselves going. And you want to give them one word of advice, what would that be? Oh, I, I think to make food as a medicine, you have to enjoy the food. Otherwise, it, it is. So that is a very core part of our philosophy that you can't expect people to eat food they don't enjoy. The trick is to guide them with information and within that context, how to continue enjoying the food they enjoy, but make the small changes. And the interesting part is you will see as you start making the small changes, your body automatically starts rejecting harmful food. There are, there are enough people who come into our program that start the day with donuts and coffee. And slowly by making small changes, they no longer are on donuts or coffee. However, they know that once a while, and I am, I'm one of those, I love donuts, but I don't crave for it anymore. But occasionally I'll eat the donuts and I'll exactly know how my body is going to behave. So the, the, the advice would be don't chase fad diets and fad ideas. Get a sense of your own biology and thanks to the scientists that have come over the last 20 years and technology, we have taken these technologies that used to cost a million dollars per person down to $100 or even less. So take advantage of, of those and, and learn about your body. And then hopefully you're working with a company that can even help you with the lifestyle choices to make for food and exercise and fitness, et cetera. Definitely, yeah. And for me too, that's one thing I really believe in. I believe food is something we should enjoy. And a lot of times when people uh, talk about food and health, they come down too hard on themselves. You think, oh, you know what? For the next three weeks, I'm not going to touch that sugary drink. So instead of taking baby steps and saying, you know, instead of having four bottles of um, sugary drinks this week, I'll have two. Or I'll have just baby steps and until you um, gradually going in that direction until you get to the desired end point. And, um, and also one big misconception that's out there is when something is healthy, it should be tasteless or it should be like cardboard. That is not true. That is not true. Um, food can be nourishing and enjoyable as well. So definitely your response was really on point. And um, I absolutely agree that we all need to learn to work with our body, listen to our body more, know what works for you. Because one thing is very clear. Every single day, we're seeing more and more evidence that food is important to health. 
And the more we intentionally go out of that way to learn more about food and to see how we can leverage the power of food to live stronger and healthier lives, the better we'll all be. Thank you so much for making time to uh, share your thoughts, share um, what you're doing and share your insights with us today. I really appreciate it. I'm sure our audience enjoyed um, our time with you today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'd like to share a very important tool that makes it very easy for me to prepare this podcast every single episode with you. And that tool is a platform called Anchor. Anchor is a platform created by Spotify, which makes it very easy to record, edit, merge, insert music into your audio, and just prepare everything you need for each of your episodes. It also makes it easy for you to work with your team as well. They could prepare the files for you and you upload easily or they upload for you. Whatever you want to do with preparing for and broadcasting your podcast, Anchor makes it easy. So check it out. It's free to create your account. And I also want to add this as a sponsored segment. Thank you again for listening to this episode. I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Cheers. Thank you for listening. And until the next time we bring another exceptional leader your way, stay in touch with us on all social media platforms. Find details in the show notes.